This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Alice Dempster. It's Monday the 29th of May. In your Squiz Today, American leaders strike a debt deal. An earthquake rumbles Melbourne. Erdogan claims victory in Turkey's election. And the Cannes Film Festival crowns some winners. This is your Squiz Today. Alice, Squizzes know that we have been closely following the US debt ceiling story for the last month or so, and we are at the pointy end. We heard over the weekend that President Joe Biden and the Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, had struck a deal to raise the debt ceiling and avoid economic catastrophe. But we are not out of the woods yet. No, and that's because now that Biden and McCarthy have struck a deal, the next step is to actually get that deal written into law. Mm. That means it needs to pass both houses of US government, and that's likely to be a bit tricky because the lower house, which is the House of Representatives, is controlled by Republicans. That includes a fairly influential group of hard-right, Trump-aligned Republicans, and that group says they won't support any kind of deal that doesn't have drastic spending cuts, which this deal does not have. So, in order to pass the lower house, then, the most likely scenario is that Republicans and Democrats will have to vote together on the bill. Mm. It would then need to go to the Senate, where it would again need bipartisan support to get over some procedural hurdles. And Alice, there is no guarantee that either of those things is going to happen Mm -mm. because there are people on both sides of the aisle who are unhappy with what's in the deal. So maybe now is a good time to actually talk about what is in that deal that Biden and McCarthy have struck. So the deal would authorise the next two years of borrowing, and in return for that, Biden agreed to keep federal spending at roughly the same level over the next two years, which in Washington terms amounts to tightening the belt a bit. Mm. If it gets through, there will also be tougher restrictions on welfare payments. And Biden said in a statement that the compromises mean that not everyone will get what they want. McCarthy said he'll bring the deal to a vote in the House on Wednesday to kick off that legislative process to actually avert economic catastrophe. And you better believe that we will be following it very closely. And if you want more on this, if you want the deep dive into the debt ceiling drama, you should listen to our Squiz shortcut on the debt ceiling. Find it in the shortcuts feed, which we will link to in the show notes. Alice, there has been an earthquake in Melbourne. A magnitude 3.8 earthquake struck near Sunbury, about 40 kilometres north of Melbourne, and was apparently felt throughout the city. Yeah, so the quake happened at 11.41pm Melbourne time, and so far we've only got anecdotal reports of cracks in buildings and roads, but we're recording this before the sun comes up, so my guess is that we won't know whether or not there was damage until later this morning. There were widespread reports on social media of people across Melbourne feeling the quake, and the Victorian SES has warned that quakes can be followed by aftershocks. I remember being in Melbourne when the last earthquake hit and that one was over 100 kilometres away and we all Mm. still felt it. And Alice, it was all anyone in Melbourne could talk about. So (laughs) I expect we're going to be hearing a lot of chatter about this quake throughout the day. 
Some major oil infrastructure in Russia has been hit by a drone strike, and Russian authorities are blaming the Ukrainians. Yeah, Russian media says two drones attacked the station, which supports a large pipeline that's just northwest of Moscow on Saturday. Ukraine has not claimed responsibility for the attack or for the increasing number of drone strikes on Russia's side of the border, but they have condemned the wave of Russian drone attacks against the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv, on the weekend. According to Ukraine's Air Force, 54 drones attacked the city overnight, with 52 of them shot down and a 41-year-old man killed by falling debris. It's the largest drone strike against the capital since the start of the war. Alice, two weeks ago we were talking about Turkey's presidential election, which went to a runoff that was held last night, and the incumbent president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, fended off his challenger, Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, to win another five years in office. Yeah, the election was said to be the toughest challenge yet for Erdogan. He's been facing enormous economic challenges. For example, inflation in Turkey reached 85% last Mm. year, and it's still currently hovering in the 40s. And of course, you don't have to look far to put that into context, Alex. Australia is having a hard time dealing with our 7% inflation rate. (laughs) Mm. Erdogan's challenger, Kılıç Dörolu, had promised to fix Turkey's economy and also to restore democracy. And that's notable because international human rights watchers say that Erdogan controls close to 90% of Turkish media and they say that he's eroded many freedoms in Turkey. Erdogan has already been in power in Turkey for 20 years. 20! And this election will mean that he is the leader until 2028. A message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. Alice, it's the Cannes Film Festival, right? That's how you pronounce it? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Okay, whatever it is, the fancy French film festival has some winners for us. Yeah, the top prize went to Justine Trier, a French director for her film Anatomy of a Fool. If you haven't heard of it or haven't seen it yet, it's described as a crime drama and it follows a wife who's accused of her husband's murder. Mm. The runner-up went to a film called Zone of Interest and it's by the British director Jonathan Glazer. It's about a German family living next to Auschwitz. And this is my favourite bit, Alex. I didn't realise, but the festival, Cannes, I believe, (laughs) also has an unofficial award for the best dog actor, which went to a border collie named Messi. Mm. He played Snoop in Anatomy of a Fool, so well done to him. What a good boy. (laughs) And it didn't get one of those main awards, but I'm really looking forward to a film called Killers of the Flower Moon by Martin Scorsese. It is based on an excellent, excellent non-fiction book of the same name. Mm, Good recommendation. We have a story from the future, Alice. A New York lawyer has been ordered to explain why he shouldn't be disciplined after he filed a court submission that had been generated by AI and included some completely made-up cases. Yeah, this one is very futuristic, Alex. Mm. In a submission, they cited a number of cases, but it turns out that six of them cited were hallucinations of ChatGPT. 
The lawyer apparently said that he was unaware that its contents could be false. (laughs) And it just goes to show, lawyers, you should read the fine print. That's what they tell us. Squiz the day, Alice. For those who celebrate, it is the day of the Gloucester cheese roll. Yeah, this is the bizarre event where locals in Gloucester chase a three kilo wheel of cheese down a very (laughs) steep hill. Sounds fun. (laughs) Uh, Officials are concerned that the event is dangerous, but once the cheese starts rolling, Alice, it is very hard to stop. (laughs) That's it for today. We will be back with you again tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when uh, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.